I'm good. How are you? Sorry, I didn't hear you in the first 10 seconds. Yeah, no, no worries. No, I, I, I'm, no, man, I'm doing well. I'm getting through the week. How about you? Well, you know, I'm excited for Friday. I don't have class tomorrow because it's E-Days, which is Engineering Days at Colorado School of Mines, which means normally we'd have festivities going on, but considering the current climate, we are going to have online festivities and carnival things. Oh, oh well, how, so like, how is that going to work exactly? Well, <laughs> they're having gaming tournaments, and they're also having a Minecraft server online where we can virtually visit our campus, which I think is pretty cool. I haven't hopped on there yet, but I, I appreciate the effort they're putting into it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I've seen online on the, um, on the Zoom memes page, I've seen a lot of different universities have had their students recreate campuses on Minecraft and just different servers. So that's nice that they're kind of trying to continue that tradition, even though we're obviously in different circumstances. Yeah, it is. It, I, I do like that the enthusiasm of our classmates continue and our enthusiasm is hopefully continuing. Yeah, exactly. So welcome back to another episode. So this is, I believe, either episode five or episode six now, um, possibly number episode number six. Yes. And as you know, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and actually I got an, an email today. We didn't sign up for this at all, but we're apparently also available now on Overcast. So if any of you use Overcast, um, you can find us there too. And we're going to be doing it a little bit differently today. Uh, I guess, Nick, do you want to kind of explain what our idea is for today's format? Sure. We know that today we've been getting, or lately, we've been getting a lot of news about the virus and pretty gloomy stuff. So we figured today we wouldn't touch upon that. Today we'd keep it pretty light, pretty happy, and pretty fun. We talk about different things from sports to entertainment, then finish off with a little, a little tidbit conspiracy. we'll get to. Yeah. Yeah. A little conspiracy theory. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we welcome any suggestions that we will be getting from our listeners out there for more light episodes, because we understand that it is a tough time right now and we're here for you so that you can pass the time and you can also feel pretty good and find ways to entertain yourself. Exactly. I couldn't agree with that more. If you're looking for more of the policy um, and news oriented um, episodes, our last three episodes are really every episode so far, but I guess in particular our three most recent episodes all um, go into that a good deal. But as Nick said, today we're just going to be keeping it lighter. We're going to hopefully give you some content that can cheer you up. And uh, yeah, I guess should we jump into it? Yeah, Dave, if you'd like to get into that sports world right now, I would be very happy to listen to it. Sure, yeah. So, um, as I mentioned on an earlier episode of the show, um, I'm a pretty big basketball fan. And uh, while the NBA is unfortunately suspended right now uh, because of the pandemic, uh, I saw a report today they might be resuming soon, which is great. I actually have some different um, basketball-related news that I'd like to run by you all and just um, just – I feel like it's an interesting topic of discussion. But, yeah, I saw some news today that uh, two of the top high school basketball prospects for the graduating class right now, Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd, will not be going to college and instead will be signing contracts with the G League. And the G League, um, for those of you that don't know, is essentially the NBA's version of a developmental league where young um, prospects, people who've either – played in the NBA before, have not played in the NBA, have gone overseas, can kind of hone their skills. And 
the reason that they're doing this is because if they were to sign with the NCAA, they're required to play at least one year after high school before joining the pros. And if they were to go to the NCAA, they would not get paid for their services. They would just get a, um, an athletic scholarship. However, um, specifically, I know that Jalen Green's contract with the G League is for $500,000, which will be a substantial um, reward for his services, and I think a great step. Um, honestly, I think the NBA should go back to the getting rid of the one-and-done rule and making sure that high schoolers can go straight to the pros. That's what Kobe, LeBron, a lot of the greats have done. But I'm, but I'm glad to see that these high school players are taking their futures into their own hands and getting paid for their services. So I guess, Nick, what do you, I know you're not like hugely following basketball as closely as I do, but what do you think about this, um, this development? Yeah, uh, to further clarify on that, to our listeners out there, I'm not a big uh, sports guy. So this is kind of an outside perspective to me, which I really appreciate and I'm enjoying. I think it's important for people coming out of high school to be able to join the NBA because athletes like LeBron James came from um, some uh, less than fortunate backgrounds and coming into the NBA gave them the opportunity to take care of themselves, take care of their loved ones like his mother and his girlfriend at the time and, you know, kind of flourish under that new environment to be a better athlete, to have a better home life and just to grow overall as an individual. Whereas some people, when they go to college, they get distracted. They may not, they might not be trying to learn anything or they might just be there so that they can play in the NBA. So it's a waste of time. They're wasting money. And it just doesn't seem fair for them to have to go through four years of spending money to not be able to make money and get out of whatever circumstances they may be held in or to just enjoy what they rightly deserve. Exactly. Another potential factor is that these players, these top high school players could go to college and get, be ready to play in the NBA, but then get hurt and never be able to achieve the level of financial security that it would have been able to gotten um, had they gone straight to the NBA. So again, this, um, this rule that regulates, high school players not being able to go directly to the pros. Um, it's called the one and done rule. I believe it was instituted in 2007. Um, it prevented players like Kevin Durant from going directly into the NBA. And again, hopefully the, um, it does seem that this rule is probably going to be changed back to um, allowing high schools to go st- high schoolers to go straight into the pros um, in 2022. But if you think about it, like even just in other careers, if you are a, I guess like a young high schooler who just graduates from high school and you have a great idea for a tech startup, for example, and you just want to, you don't feel that a college education is necessary for the insights that you already have and the skills you already have, and you want to um, monetize it right away. I totally believe that these people should be allowed to capitalize on their skill sets as soon as they can. And for that reason, I think that it's a great development to see people like Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd finding these alternative um, sources of revenue. I know another player, LaMelo Ball, also played overseas this year to get an income. And yeah, I just think it's a great development for them to take their career into their own hands and uh, pursue an income. It's definitely an interesting comparison you made to the technological world as well, because I know for disciplines like engineering or maybe even law, you need to have an engineering undergrad degree. Uh, you need to have an undergrad degree to go to law school, I'm pretty sure. Right, Dave? Yes, you, you do. <laughs> yeah. So it 
doesn't seem fair for everyone because some people may be more oriented towards engineering have taken engineering classes in high school. Maybe they should offer, you know, engineering certificates out of high school. Maybe they should be able to offer people to take the LSAT out of high school to go to law school and just different opportunities to skip that undergraduate requirement because honestly it's not always necessary sometimes it's just an obstacle and sometimes it just takes time and money and you may get life experience out of it but at the end of the day if you're trying to get a job or you're trying to reach that dream that goal you want to get there as soon as possible absolutely yeah i couldn't have said it any better myself like whether it's you're trying to start a new and again it doesn't even need to be tech it can be if you're trying to start any new business if you're trying to if you're a musician, if you want to try to hone any skill, I don't think you should be forced into a system that um, does not allow you to make the profit that you would otherwise be able to if there were um, if regulations were not in place. So, um, again, I'm very happy to see this development um, with these two prospects. Hopefully, more of them, more prospects follow this path. And I guess with that, Nick, do you want to kind of transition to the um, entertainment movies segment of the pod? Yeah, I'd love to, Dave. So today, I want to go over three different types of types of movies in the entertainment industry i'm gonna go over james bond movies marvel movies and then finally the much debated star trek versus star wars debate i'd like to get into that and kind of just talk about it in my own opinion but let's start off with the james bond debate when the first james bond movies came out it was the 1960s i believe it was 1967 and the first movies had Sean Connery. The big thing back then was Flash, you know, showing people that you could live a cool life in the war as a, as a double agent, a spy, someone who had a nice car who could get uh, women who could pick up different items and deliver them to the safety of their governments and just be a reliable source. And now we've jumped from Roger Moore to other actors like Pierce Brosnan and now finally Daniel Craig. And we see that James Bond has evolved so much from that starting point to now just being about, in my opinion, special effects rather than mm. story as much. It's more what stunts, what cool things can they do in the movies? What, what cool things can they do with the stuff they have rather than what's the overall goal here that they're trying to achieve? Because um, Ian Fleming wrote the James Bond novels during World War II. And that was kind of his, his idea was to present people with that, that insight into the spy world where people hadn't seen or heard about it as much as now, that now in 2020 when they've heard about it a lot. So back then it was about, okay, let's focus on the plot, maybe pick up girls, maybe show off cars and maybe show off uh, how we can save government systems. But also overall, there's a, there's a main villain, there's a, interesting plot that we haven't seen before how are we going to get from point a to point b safely and make sure everyone survives dave what do you think about this whole transition from the 60s to 2020 now from the movies with sean connery to daniel craig yeah so i would say it's first of all it's really impressive that the fact that they can take a series that was first conceived in 1960 or in the 1960s and it would still be relevant today um, I've seen, I remember watching the original Sean Connery, James Bond movies with my dad um, growing up. And they were, I feel like in my, in my opinion, he's definitely the best James Bond. He's just so like kind of cool and confident in the role. 
Um, the movies are some of the villains, like especially I think Doctor No is one of the early ones. Um, Doctor No is the first one. That one came out in nineteen sixty two. That was sixty two. Okay, yeah, like Doctor No, Goldfinger. A lot of them are have like kind of very campy villains, and like it's almost kind of in a charming way, and really just they. I would say they fit that era perfectly. And over the years, um, there have been a lot of other people who played the role. Um, I wasn't a fan as much of Roy, Roger Moore. Um, if I'm, I believe his name, Roger Moore, right? It was one of the James. Yep. Bond- yeah, yep. and then there was um, Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig as well. But um, the most recent one I saw was Skyfall in, uh, I believe, 2012. And that was a pretty entertaining movie. But I don't think any of them can kind of reach the apex of the original 1960s movies just because of their classicness um, or classic nature, I guess. But um, again, either way, I think regardless, it's super impressive that this franchise has managed to stay relevant for so long. Yeah, and, you know, I feel like adding on to the point I made earlier, the point of James Bond movies now aren't to really project a plot and try to walk audiences through an entire storyline. Rather, it's to make the most money possible. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's just about getting money. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I couldn't, again, I definitely couldn't comment on that as much as you because I haven't seen as many of the, um, the recent ones, but that definitely, that would make a lot of sense to me, especially given the... Um, the ability to create special effects is so much better than it was in the sixties. And do you think that, do you think that could be part of um, this phenomenon that you're seeing that the fact that we have so much greater capability to create cool special effects now kind of incentivizes it versus the sixties, which maybe when there was less capability, there was more focus on the plot. Yeah, it really does take away from, I feel like movies that win Oscars nowadays are definitely a lot different than movies that won Oscars back in the sixties. You know, there was a lot more focus on, um, the plot, character development. Now it's it's really how do we sell a crowd, and then how do we make it so that the actor has a chance to win an Oscar or deliver a message to the audience. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, I guess I guess the next one you said was you were going to talk about Marvel movies, right? Yep, yep. And I think that's definitely something a lot of people are interested in. So yeah, let's jump right in. Marvel movies, as you know, the MCU really started in 2008 with Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. Uh, We no longer see that same actor as the Incredible Hulk, Edward Norton. He does not play the Hulk anymore. It is Mark Ruffalo. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. played Iron Man. Um, I I, I think it's safe to say everyone has seen Endgame by now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I mean, okay, drop it on him. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., probably will not reprise the role in the future because his character is no longer um alive present <laughs> yeah okay yeah. alive yeah yeah complete spoiler right there yeah yeah uh, <laughs> he yeah. might be coming back because he wants more money if they invite him back but as of now it looks like he won't be coming back to the mcu but i just wanted to talk about the future of the mcu um because we started off with simple movies like Iron Man. We tied them together in 2012 with the Avengers, which was a big deal because up until that point, we hadn't had a very big blockbuster movie that had multiple franchises streamlined into one movie where they were all connected. That was, that was a completely different idea. That's why it was so monumental, so amazing for our time. Um, But now as we've progressed through this past decade, we've seen that become more and more common with like DC movies as well. Uh, The future of Marvel, Marvel Phase 4 and 5, will consist of telling some backstories like Black Widow that was supposed to come out in May, which will be delayed until November. Um, New characters such as a Chinese superhero 
his name isn't coming to me right now, but it's a pretty big deal. Um, we'll be seeing Thor 4 come out. We, we'll see Black Panther 2 come out, which a lot of people are looking forward to. But because of the current uh, coronavirus pandemic, these movies have been pushed back uh, to their release dates, to their next release date. So Marvel generally has movies that come out in the spring and the fall. Um, Black Widow was pushed from May to November and the movies that were going to come out in November were pushed to next spring. So like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the first horror movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, wow. Back. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a big deal. Um, actually, I, I believe uh, Sam Raimi, the guy who directed Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 with Tobey Maguire, he's going to be part of the team with Doctor Strange as the director, I've heard. What, that's where we are right now with Marvel. We've seen quite the jump from us being children, for those of you in college, to now being young adults. And having this Marvel Cinematic Universe probably continue until it stops creating revenue, which, honestly, I can see it making money for quite some time. Yeah, isn't it true that um, Endgame was the most um, highest grossing movie, at least in terms of um, nominal dollars of all time, right? Yeah, so the, the humorous thing about that was that in their first release, it didn't make it, so they re-released it again so that they could beat Avatar. And oh. again, the funny part about that is they own Disney owns both Avatar and Marvel, so it's like they were competing against themselves. It didn't make any difference. Yeah, the, the way that Disney has just morphed into such a um, large media conglomerate over the last couple of years has really been shocking. Um Makes you wonder about our antitrust laws that they've been able to absorb. <laughs> they've been able to absorb Lucasfilm and Marvel and the Avatar franchise. Recently, they brought um, a good portion of 20th Century Fox, and they've just been just in terms of, I guess, the action genre generally with um, Marvel and Star Wars, and just of course with all their other content, all the animated movies, the Pixar movies they've been making. They've really just been owning the cinematic game for quite some time now, and. I'm definitely, I'm also a very big Marvel fan as well. I'm excited to see. Actually, didn't really get into it until um, Infinity War came out, but then I watched all the old movies and it was great. And it'll just be, I'm really looking forward to whenever the new content comes out for these um, new movies that you were talking about. And again, I'm just in awe and um, wonder of what remaining media companies Disney will probably buy in the next couple of years. Yeah, they're definitely the next Rockefeller problem that america is going to face um but yeah i i real quick because we're talking about disney i wanted to touch upon the fact that avatar two through five is scheduled to release this coming this decade that we're in uh, what happens yeah i mean what avatar one was over 10 years ago what happened to the sequel yeah uh james cameron has just been hammering away at them i think he wants to release them like every two years once he has all of them completed oh, so okay. avatar two was supposed to come out in 2021 Obviously, that's up for debate and subject to change depending on where James Cameron is with his filming and editing process because of this pandemic. Uh, so the final thing I was going to talk about, I just wanted to add that I can go into detail with Avatar in a later segment if we do this again. But the final thing was Star Trek versus Star Wars. And for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to talk about the new Star Trek episodes that have come out and the new Star Wars movies that have come out. So um, the new Star Trek movies that have come out have had Chris Pine in them with Zachary Quinto. Chris Pine plays James T. Kirk. Zachary Quinto plays um, 
Spock and uh, Zoe Zaldana plays Lieutenant Ahura and other actors in there as well. You've seen in other movies like um, the guy who plays Sulu is from Harold and Kumar. Uh, anyway, I wanted to talk about Star Trek versus Star Wars. And I think in the present day, Star Trek, in my personal opinion, definitely takes the cake, beats Star Wars completely. And no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why it's up for debate, right? J.J. Abrams, uh, he directed the first Star Trek and the second Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness. He also directed Star Wars The Force Awakens as well as Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. He didn't direct the middle movie. Um, and I, I thought I saw more of J.J. Abrams' creativity take place and flourish in Star Trek 1 and 2. Star Wars The Force Awakens, he did a good job of, I thought personally, remaking A New Hope. Um, and with The Rise of Skywalker, I thought he did a really good job taking what Rian Johnson had um, let's say he created, I, I will say what he messed up and trying to put a, a finishing touch on that trilogy. Dave, obviously you are disagreeing with me here. Have you seen these Star Trek movies that have just come out? I have not seen the new one. So I, I'm going to say, um, to be fair for my position, um, I have not, this is, I'm not really basing this on the new content that's come out. Cause I would, um, agree that the Star Wars movies that have come out, um, recently have not, stood the test of time when comparing to the um to the original trilogy and even to probably Re- revenge of the sith which was um the third prequel movie which i think was actually pretty good um i have seen some of the old um the older star trek i think like when i was younger i, I forget what the movie was called but i saw one of them um so i've definitely I was, i've always been a huge star wars fan growing up and um the original trilogy are some of the best um, most en- thoroughly entertaining movies of all time. And I'm most surprised when I hear how many people actually haven't seen them um, because they're just, it's really a true saga, I would say. Like, there's so much character development. There's so much um, incredible cinematography and just really valuable lessons, I'd say, to be taken from um, that saga as well. Um, I would agree with you that the the newer Star Wars movies have kind of either been ripoffs of the older ones or just... Um, not as rewarding as the originals, but um, again, I can't really contribute to the the new Star Trek because I haven't seen any of that at all. But um, just I would say, just the enduring value of Star Wars as a franchise um, makes it, and the cultural relevance puts it over Star Trek as a whole. But with that said, I can't really speak to the newer stuff. Fair enough. I think I think that's a good place to put it for our entertainment and sports talk for today and this episode. I think it will be pretty fun for our listeners to listen to. Our conspiracy theory talk, excuse yeah. me. New um, segment. Yes, with the Kennedy curse. Now, yeah. Dave, would you like to explain what the Kennedy curse is to our viewers who probably most of them have an idea of what it is, but take it away. Yes, yes. Thank you. So I, I want to preface this by saying I think a lot of um, the conspiracy theories and disinformation that are going around in our modern society have potential to do great harm to democracy and the pursuit of truth um in our society so that's why i'm trying to stick to a conspiracy theory or not even really i guess it's a pseudo conspiracy theory but this is more one that i think is not harmful to our democracy and i kind of wanted to just get that caveat in but the kennedy curse is basically i'm sure you all know who the kennedy family is like john f kennedy rfk i'm just ted kennedy just this extremely influential political family that all originated from a man named joseph kennedy senior and they've become hugely influential in American culture. However, 
uh, their family members have had such a propensity uh, with tragedy and death. Um, it's really been shocking. Um, and the reason this came to my attention was because on April 2nd, um, Robert Kennedy's granddaughter um, and her eight-year-old son, unfortunately, died in a canoe trip of all incidents. And this was just the latest in a long line of strange um, happenings with the, the Kennedy family. As you know, JFK himself was assassinated in addition to his brother, um, Robert Kennedy, who was the Attorney General of the United States. Joseph Kennedy originally intended for his son, Joseph Jr., to become he had designs of making his um, his oldest son uh, eventually president of the United States and using his connections to make that happen. But yeah, Dave, uh, can just, I interject for a second? Please, please. Yeah, go ahead. So I just wanted to give our listeners a brief background on Joseph Kennedy. Joseph Kennedy was pretty popular because he was one of the few Americans. OK, maybe not the few Americans, but one of the Americans that made a lot of money during the Great Depression, while, as the name suggests, a lot of people lost a lot of money. He made a lot of money investing in real estate and just managing his money well or by using loopholes. We'll leave that up to you to discover. But um, Joseph Kennedy had a lot of connections with the mob. His family was a kind of a political family beforehand, but they weren't that big because they didn't have as much money as Joseph Kennedy had made. And Joseph Kennedy really was known for being uh, an aggressive guy, as, as Dave talked about, he made he wanted his, one of his kids, at least, to be president of the United States of America, which was accomplished. But he was kind of like a machine in the sense that as one of his sons passed away during World War II, his first son, Joseph Kennedy Jr., passed away. He immediately went to Jack Kennedy or John F. Kennedy, as he's most commonly known as, to become the president. And JFK did become president. So that's that's a little bit of background information. I personally yeah. think Joseph Kennedy was a very aggressive, not a nice guy, but I mean, he did a lot for his family. And, you know, Dave, what what do you take on that and Joseph Kennedy and my respect for him? Yeah, yeah. No, I know I, we, we talked about this briefly before we came on the air. Um, I wanted to tell Nick um, that by the end of this, he may think differently about how he feels about Joseph Kennedy, because already, as you heard, he was a successful businessman. He did have these connections to the mob. He did make JFK um, he, his son who he wanted to be president. But um, also, I'm not sure if many of you have heard of JFK's sister, who was named Rosemary Kennedy. Uh, Rosemary was someone who um, had some um, intellectual disabilities growing up, and she, she was never anything... Um, like it was probably, I think a lot of people said she was on some level of uh, the autism spectrum. But what ended up happening is that Joseph Kennedy Sr., in order to protect the political futures of his family had her lobotomized, which basically means there was a surgery done on her brain to effectively put her into a lifelong equivalent of a coma to make her uh, mentally, uh, like, almost completely a vegetable state. Yes, yes, absent. And so this was done um, very unethical, obviously. And in in addition to all the things we've already told you, um, there have been numerous other strange happenings around the Kennedy family. Um, So... JFK Jr. died when his plane crashed off the coast of Martha's Vineyard in 1999. Um, several Kennedys died of drug overdoses. Uh, Ted Kennedy, who was the famed senator, who actually, I think it's interesting how much acclaim he gets, uh, because he, he did do a lot of good in the United States Senate. However, he also, in the 1960s, was on an incident on Chappaquiddick Island in Massachusetts, where he left his, um, I believe what it was his girlfriend at the time, to die in a, when they got in a car wreck, when the, the car crashed into the water um 
he had the opportunity to save her but did not and then did not alert the authorities who could have saved her um had there been had they arrived in time so just that's right all these crazy occurrences like nick i don't know my opinion is that if anyone in history made a deal with the devil another one also another one died in the ski accident i'm not sure if i mentioned that but if anyone in history made a deal with the devil and i usually don't believe in these things it would have to be him like i don't know like what do you think uh, Dave, I, I, w- <laughs> I would agree. It does seem like their family is extremely unlucky, unlucky and unfortunate. Um, there are a few of them that, I mean, fingers crossed, everything's going well for them. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife, or ex-wife now, was related to the Kennedy family. Uh, but it does seem like there's a lot of unfortunate events that just follows the Kennedy family. It's really it sad, is, yeah. It is sad. Um, and and that, that idea that Joseph Kennedy may have signed a deal with the devil. I also don't believe in such things, but if there ever was a person who did something like that, it would have been Joseph Kennedy and both of our shared opinions. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We'd be, um, we'd be very curious to hear your all's uh, takes on this. If you have any thoughts on the Kennedy um, conspiracy or I guess the Kennedy curse rather, or any um, other conspiracy adjacent things um, that are not harmful to, uh, political discourse and democracy we'd love to potentially talk about them in the future but yeah like i feel like that's uh pretty much covers it for the kennedy curse unless you have any final thoughts on that um no just my best wishes if the kennedy family ever happens to listen to us you know oh god (laughs) uh we 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 really do hope that this is just a coincidence oh sincerely yeah sincerely we do hope that and it's it's very sad what's happened to them it's just it's such a fascinating case i guess Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, I know you wanted to. Um, you, your friend had a sponsorship you wanted to uh, yes. throw out there. So you want to? Yes, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. So um, one of my uh, good friends in college, and also my roommate Isaac Adlerstein, is currently hosting a fundraiser um, for his lo- his local soup kitchen, and um, he actually um, just basically a little description of the fundraiser that he's holding. Um, so he and his girlfriend um, are running a fundraiser for the soup kitchen in New York where they met. And the soup kitchen is in dire need of money due to COVID-19. And he um, would desperately appreciate it if you all could either spread the word about this fundraiser or contribute. Um, the Facebook fundraiser is called Dina and Isaac's COVID-19 Fundraiser for the Inn. And the Inn is the name of the soup kitchen in Hempstead, New York, that they are uh, sponsoring in this case. So if any of you have anything to contribute or would spread the word, I know he would appreciate it deeply. Uh, and, yes, so uh, thank you all. Uh, we'd appreciate if you can contribute and uh, yeah, that's it for that plug, I guess. Yeah. And we just wanted to say thank you so much to listening to this episode of our podcast. We thought it would be nice to have this light segment and we welcome future recommendations from people to have more light segments on different topics where we can just give our personal info and factual information about, or sorry, personal opinion and factual information about different subject matter. Um, We believe that, it's important to stay happy and healthy and just positive during these times when so much negativity is surrounding us. Our next episode, we're going to have someone come in and talk to us from the medical field who may have some insight as to what the future of the medical industry holds because of COVID-19. Dave, would you like to finish off by telling our viewers how many people have listened so far and then just where they can find us? Absolutely. Yes. So, let me pull up our stats right now. Yes, yeah, so we are very grateful that 144 of you have now listened to our podcast. So thank you so much for that. Uh, we deeply appreciate it. Please continue to send your feedback, uh, anything you'd like us to touch, touch upon. 
And we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Podcast Addict, and again, now on Overcast. So if you know anyone who uses Overcast, um, we're apparently also available on that now, too. So uh, please check us out wherever you get your podcast. Right. Thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. That's it for me. Yep. All right, guys. Have a nice week.